Well, hello there. My name is CJ, and I am the host of Talking Shifts Podcast, a podcast that is a comedy podcast that has everything you're looking for. Well, maybe not everything you're looking for, but if you're looking for something different, definitely stop on by. My podcast can be found on any podcast platform. I talk about movies, strangest stories on the internet, music, there's a little about everything, kind of pop culture-ish. So if you're looking for something different, definitely stop on by the Talking Shifts Podcast, and I will see you on the next episode. Hi, this is Dustin. Just a little reminder that this show is for adults. In fact, this episode in particular is a casual conversation amongst adults, so I wouldn't let the little ones listen in on this one. You never know what we might say. If you're from a country that prohibits explicit language, please listen at your discretion. Otherwise, I hope you sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And we're recording, and go. Hey everybody, it's me, Dustin, of course. After a couple months break, I'm glad to be back in the swing of things. I am currently working on some other projects as well as, you know, I'm continuing my, quote, reboot phase. I started to see a therapist via Teladoc. Um, Teladoc is an awesome, awesome service. You can do it pretty much anywhere. It's online. Um, luckily, my insurance covered it. Uh, I was happy to find out that it covered it, and it was awesome, and I started seeing this therapist uh, once a week, and we're talking, and she's awesome, and I can't wait to figure out some more things that I can do to improve my life, and I recommend you find a therapist if you can, or you know, look into your um, insurance. You might have Teladoc or something similar available to you, either at a low or no cost, so I would totally, totally recommend. So I really think that it's going to be helpful and I, you know, hope you will come with me on this journey and figure out whether or not it is. <laughs> no, Dustin, you're just nuts. Yeah, whatever. Also, I started to get out into my community a little more. In fact, um, the first week of June, I, you know, if you've been following me on Twitter or anything like that, um, I actually volunteered with Mid-South Pride to work the, Min the Memphis Pride Festival and the parade. Um, it was pretty cool. I got sunburned from hell. I'm peeling now still, and I really wish I would have put on more sunblock. So let that be a lesson for you. If you're going to be outside for a long time, keep reapplying the sunblock. I put it on, but I forgot to reapply and I got burnt. It sucks. Other than that, it was a great experience. I'm not really big with crowds nowadays, especially it was pre-pan, excuse me. It was pre-pandemic that I, you know, stopped wanting to go out into crowds and the concerts and stuff like that. I just kind of got, it makes me anxious for some reason. I just don't know what's going on. And so when I went there, I had a mission. I had a purpose to be there. It was something I could focus on rather than focus on all the people around me. And it was great. Um, you know, with the recent mass shootings and whatnot, it's, it was kind of nerve wracking to think, okay, hopefully nothing happens here. I'm hoping to God nothing happens here. And it didn't. We had a great police presence 
everybody seemed to be happy and just, you know, uh, in a great mood and it was a great day. So I, I'm really thankful for that. And I was really glad just to be out in the community again and be able to contribute in some way and be around my fo- my fellow LGBT plus brethren or I guess is brethren, masculine or feminine. I don't know. I'm just thinking. If you know, get me know. You know, just reach out to me. Let me know about that. But otherwise, I don't mean it in a bad way. Um, <laughs> but I had a great time, and I recommend that if you can uh, do something like that. You know, especially at a pride festival where you get to, if you work it, you get to meet all dis- different types of people. You can, you know, you can see everything from uh, the sidelines and see how things work on the, you know, the back half of everything. And it was, it was a really good, really good experience, and I recommend it highly to anyone. Um, but I mean, at least I got some sun, right? I mean, I got sunburn, but I got some sun. I'm a little less Tim Burton and a little more Edward Cullen. So that's progress, baby, right? (laughs) Anyway, speaking of pride, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about my experience in the gay slash queer community. And since this is Dustin Can Read and Watch, where I sometimes adapt things I wrote when I was younger, I thought, why not? read off a little bit of things that I wrote in my 13-year-old self's journal. I know, it's really, I think I was 13. Yeah, I was 13. And uh, I think it's going to be really fun for you to hear. It's it's, it's an eye-opener because I actually documented when I was coming out to myself. By the way, as I'm reading this, I am going to change the names of other kids who I hung around just for their privacy, and so they're all going to have J names. I had, I don't know why, I just picked J names, so everybody's going to have a J name. So, FYI. Okay, here we go. So sit back and relax and listen to Dustin's Journal. Wednesday, June 29th, 1994. Dear Journal, things aren't what they used to be anymore. Sure, I'm still mad at John, The club's still gone, and Jeremy's still spoiled, but my hormones are really screwed up. I was watching a movie earlier with Will Smith, The Fresh Prince, in it. It was called Six Degrees of Separation. It was about this married couple who were rich that invite a man who says he's Sidney Poitier's son, Paul, into their home because he was said to be mugged. He wins their hearts over and later messes with their friends' lives. In one scene, The wife goes to wake, quote, Paul, because he was supposed to get home early. When she opens the bedroom door, he's in the bed naked with a white man who's naked too. Obviously, they were having sex. Well, she screams and runs, and the white boy starts walking around the house naked. Well, when the camera showed his dick, I got a boner. I don't know, but I think that there's a slight chance that I may be gay or bisexual. See, I think girls are cute, but I think guys are cuter, I guess. I don't know, but I think I may be attracted to John. I don't know why, because he doesn't even seem to be interested in me as a friend. Well, I've got to keep my desires a secret, at least for now, because who knows how my reputation will turn out. At least I can still have a chance with girls, maybe. I'm going to have to pump weights to get girls at least interested in my looks. Girls as cute as Jenny are what I'm attracted to also. But who am I kidding? No one like her would go for someone like me. No way. Not in a million years. P.S. Even though John is cute, I know what he's really like. 
And there's an update here in the margins from January 15, 1995. I don't think he's basically cute anymore. Really, I didn't in the first place. Yeah, okay. Continuing. Thursday, June 30th, 1994. Dear Journal, well, I just figured out that I'm not gay, but straight. Hooray! In a way, I think it wouldn't be so bad to be gay, but being straight is definitely more me. I think what gave me the impression that I may be gay is that I want a, I want a better bod. Not an Arnold-type bod, but at least a sexy one. Sunday, July 3rd, 1994. Dear Journal, I'm writing this in the nude. Yes, in the nude. I can't help being horny. I'm doing exercise to get a better bod, but the real reason that I figured why I thought I was gay was because I'm so into the sex thing, guys or gals. I guess I'm bisexual. Hey, I'm not ashamed. July 20th, 1994. Dear Journal, There are two things that I have to tell you. Number one, John is trying to break off our friendship. He didn't invite me to his party, but he invited Jeremy. When I found that out, I didn't get an invitation. I called him up. Zip, phone tap. Dustin, hey, I saw you riding away from Jeremy's earlier. What were you doing? John, ah, uh, nothing, just talking. I talked to Jake and I'm fixing to go across the street. To Jordan's. End conversation. So, as you may see, John lied. He wasn't just talking to Jeremy, he was giving him an invitation. I bet that's what he was doing with Jordan and Jake, too. Later last week, John calls me and invited me to the party. Was he deciding he had been a jerk and invited me? Or did he just forget? Well, I'm not going to the party. Number two, I decided that I am gay. I don't know why, but I think being touched and held and made love to by a man would be much better than a girl. Cool, huh? And as an added bonus, I thought I'd add this in. If this is ever uncovered in the future, if time travel is possible, please send someone back in time with an extra time traveling device to the year 1994 on the day of August 1st at 11.08 a.m. in South Haven, Mississippi. <laughs> yeah, okay. Now we're gonna jump ahead a couple years. And this is in the middle of a different journal entry, which I won't bore you with, but I thought I'd add in what happened at the end of this in December 27th, 1996. I finally got to go to Maggie, Memphis area gay youth. I told my mom that I was with Jana at the mall in a movie. Meanwhile, I was being picked up at Baskin Robbins by three lesbians. They were so cool. Then we got to the meeting and I met some cool ass gays that were pretty cute. The senior, who I will refer to as Jay, was really intelligent. D, a kind of a horny yet preppy junior, and K, a horny senior who's religious and into acting. They're all cool, but I wanted to go out with D until I learned that we have got nothing in common. Well, we have a few things, but that's it. But we'll remain friends. The person I'm thinking about mostly now is Jay, but I doubt that I'll ever get along with him at all. At all. Now you're all cut up to date. Happy? I'm sure we all are. Little Dustin, I'm sure we all are happy. What's sad was that I actually went through my next journal to find some mention of my first experience in Pride. And I got a brief mention in an entry from July of 1997, July 1st, 1997. 
Almost a month has gone by and nothing much has happened, except obviously I wasn't killed for having an F. Ooh, yeah, I wasn't the best student. My mom just jibbered on about pulling it up. I went to the gay pride parade. It was like a small town parade, but it was okay. And that's it. That's all I had to write about the gay pride parade. And I should have written so much more. I'm so glad I actually remember it because it was one of the, I don't know, weirdest and most fun experiences that I've had. So yeah, with that, I actually wanted to transition into what I did. It was reach out to some people on Twitter and Instagram and ask them if they wanted to know what some of my pride experiences or just general queerness in general. And I actually got a question that's relevant to this. Dustin from Sandman Stories Presents asked, have you ever been to a pride parade? Well, yes. And if you've listened to the show before, you've probably heard me talk about it at some point. Like, it was the first time that I actually tried a bagel and cream cheese. And the first cream cheese was, my first cream cheese was uh, strawberry cream cheese. I don't know why, but it, like implants in your brain. I think it was because I was eating it with drag queens. <laughs> and that was the first time I met a drag queen in person. And it was, you know, it was fun. Um, I was also the, we had a, a gay prom that year, the first Memphis gay prom, and I was a co-king of the gay prom. So I was there with the other royalty, the two queens and the two kings, and and we were back there. And we actually rode in the Maggie float um, and waved at people. And I remember one of the, the sponsors, one of the adults was dressed as a fairy in the front. And, you know, and uh, it was fun. I don't, I'd never done that before. And it was, I'd never been in the parade as far as like someone who was being quote honored in a way, wearing a crown and waving at people. And, and then we got to go to the festivities, which was a lot smaller back then. It has boomed into something way bigger now. Thousands of people. Before it was maybe a few hundred and now it's like thousands. So what a difference like a couple, you know, two or three decades makes, right? Anyway, so Dustin continued on and he asked another one. And his other question was to name a TV show with the most accurate gay representation. And I had to think about this and I, I've been really thinking about it. And there's, there's so many representations in TV shows. And I mean, none are wrong, really. You know, you have different types of people throughout the gay community or the LGBT plus community, actually, and you just, you know, I guess maybe there are some that are more graphically honest, like Queer as Folk, or, you know, maybe even more so the new Queer as Folk, because that's going to have a more diverse crowd, you're going to have, you know, people who are trans, and people who, you know, are people of color, some people who have disabilities are going to be in it, and it's going to be gay, straight, you know, lesbian, Probably, I'm, I don't know, I'm assuming maybe even bisexual, I don't know. Maybe even different types of other sexual spectrum um, people, I'm not sure. But uh, there really aren't any that are bad. There are just so many that are, well, there. let me take that back. There are some that are just bad. Like, you don't want to see somebody portray gay in a horrible way or, you know. But as far as like writing-wise or story-wise, you know, everybody comes from a different background. Everybody's different. You can't really judge anything on that. I'll just tell you my favorites are stuff like Queer as Folk, uh, My So-Called Life, which was one of the first gay teens on TV, um, with uh, Wilson Cruz playing Ricky Vasquez, and that's probably my favorite, actually. Um, 
and that's just true to life in general for anybody. It, it, I, I, I won't get into that right now, but I, I love that show. So, um, and I, I guess uh, nowadays you can look at things like you know you get you get your euphorias and your your new Gossip Girls and and you've got like it, it's a sin. Um, dang, I don't pose even. There's so many. There's so many that have come out in the last few years that I don't know. I don't know what you could say. Um, I've been re-watching Dawson's Creek lately and with the Creek Talk podcast um, and, you know, seeing Jack McPhee come out of the closet again. Oh my gosh, a couple decades later, it's mind-blowing, like, how things have changed, but it's still relatable, you know. As far as, you know, maybe the storyline or the performance is kind of blah, but... It's actually good to see this kid struggling to be who he is and feeling comfortable in his own skin. And and I think it's kind of beautiful in a way because I've been through it too, you know, and I can relate in that regard. If you've never been through it, you, you it's, hard, it's hard to relate. And, you know, it, although I don't want kids to have to go through it. Let me just make that clear. But I'm glad that if kids have, that they can see something like that represented in mainstream media so that they cannot feel alone and, you know, feel connected with the world somehow. Because when you're going through it and you don't feel like anybody you can, you know, talk to, it's kind of hard. You know, it's, it's, it's not really great. He also asked if there was a book that has gay characters without, how, without it being their entire storyline. Um, there is, but since I focus on YA, that's kind of a hard one to tackle. So much of YA is about finding your sense of self and identity which, you know, being queer can be a major part of that. However, I will credit Armistead Maupin, um, who's a great author, who includes queer ca characters without it being a, quote, issue throughout. I mean, most notably, um, he wrote the Tales of the City books, which I love. They're kind of soap opery, and there are gay characters in it and stuff. And they talk about, you know, their love interest and whatnot. And it has nothing to do with, like, coming out of the closet a lot, you know, or anything like that. It's, it, it goes through the times from the 70s through now. And there's a lot of, like, the AIDS, you know, crisis and a lot of, um, you know, female-driven um, femininity or what do you call it? Um, Femininity. I want to say feminism, excuse me, <laughs> feminism, not femininity, well, that femininity as well, but, you know, stuff like that comes up, and it's great, but even further, if you have ever read the book The Night Listener, um, the main character is a radio show host who just happens to be a gay man. It is a part of his story, but it's not the story. Um, it's not really focused on it at all. It's actually kind of a, a murder mystery type thing. And there's actually a decent movie starring Robin Williams. It's, it was adapted not long ago. Um, not, I say not long ago. It was probably 15 years ago. But <laughs> it was actually pretty decent. It stuck true to the book for the most part. They changed some things. But I do recommend reading the book because it actually ties into the Tales of the City universe because there's a character crossover. In the movie, it, I think Sandra Oh plays the character. They don't really make any reference to Tales of the City, but if you read the Tales of the City books, you'll know who the character is, and it's kind of neat. So I, I recommend The Night Listener. Hannah on Instagram wants to know if I have advice for teens or adults on discovering their sexuality. Well, I would say the start would be to just be honest with yourself about where your interests really are and just give it time 
You know, you're not going to know everything about yourself right away. As you can hear with my journals, I was up and down with my identity for a little while. It helps, you know, to eat. Well, I mean, journal, write it out. Sometimes that helps. But it also helps if you have a close friend you can confide in, you know. Um, it, but if not, maybe you should try to reach out to a support group like I did with the Memphis Area Gay Youth, um, you know, somewhere in the LGBT community, if you can. Um, therapy, you know, a therapist can help as well if you have that option there. But really just try to be honest with yourself and don't, I can't stress this enough, don't jump into anything you're not, you don't feel ready for. You know, that could not be great. Just let things happen for you naturally. Be honest, you know, know that everything's gonna be okay. And if you do journal, just be wary that people sometimes look through journals. Just know that, you know. So you can code things, you know, that you'll know what you're saying um, or whatever. But just be wary about that. But I would say if you can find somebody. And in this day and age, it's a lot easier than it was 30 years ago for me. And I found people. And I'm in Mississippi. You know, and I found people to talk to. There's somebody you can probably talk to. A friend or a colleague or, you know, um, you know, a classmate or I mean anybody you might be able to turn to I'm sure um, hopefully you know and just to talk things out but I hope you do find your answer if you can so I think that this was Nate from the Blue Milk Drop podcast which is a Star Wars podcast um, who wrote to me on Twitter and asked me about the quote effect of the LGBTQ plus community has had on me in general well, I mean, what can I say? I am much more open-minded. I, I don't think I would have been had I not, you know, gone out into the world and learned some things. Um, there's because there's varying types of people, you know, from I met that from a young age. You know, at 16, I, I attended the the youth group meetings, and from there on, I mean, I met a different gays, different lesbians, trans youth were at the meetings at the time. There's also, you know, several people of color mixed in. I've also you know, participated in productions with a theater company that focused on queer playwrights and queer stories. So there was different perspectives there. When you read a, a book or even a play, you're reading somebody else's life or their perception of how things are. So it, it gives you a different perspective of how things move about in the world, I guess you could say. I believe that this community is so vast and diverse that if you pay attention you will not just learn about the LGBT culture but many other demographics within the queer culture that can expand your point of view of the world and that's an awesome thing and I'm so happy that I was able to do that in my life you know like I keep saying I'm from the south it is not the most open-minded place in the world. It's not as horrible as everybody makes it out to be. Unless, well, I live in the suburbs of a big city, so I guess depending on where you live. But for me, it wasn't as bad as it could have been. But I was pretty resilient, um, and I'm thankful to my parents for putting that in me, um, you know, for to instilling that kind of behavior and mindset that I could bounce back from a lot of different situations. And I'm just, you know, proud to be me. And that's what pride's about, right? <laughs> anyway, 
So I'm about to end this, but on that note, I wanted to read you something, which was something I kind of wrote in college. I wrote some really bad poetry, and I figured I'd end on a happy note and read you something from that. So here we go. I should preface this and let you know that these aren't actual, like, real poems. It's almost like, I don't know. I, they're more like statements, but I called them poems. And this first one's called Piss. I read a homoerotic story once that was about these two cousins that decided to watch each other piss, then they jacked off together. That's fucked up. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't know why these were killing me. They're so bad. Okay. This one's called The Fuck Poem. Don't you hate it when you know that someone that you're attracted to is having sex with someone other than you in the next room? Fuck them. Where are the Oreos? And... The Fuck Poem Part 2. Don't you hate it when you are intimate with someone and you're about to become very sexual and then they sigh and they have that skank breath? Ugh, fuck that. Where are the Oreos? This one's called Pleasant. Don't you hate it when you want to write something down that goes with a series of pissed off poems but you're in a state of pleasantness? Note to self, add fuck that where are the Oreos somewhere in the statement. This one's called God. Hello, is anyone up there? Do you ever wonder if God sits there and watches you masturbate and makes a scornful face? I think I'm going to move this under the bed sheets. This one's called The Solution to Oreos. Sometimes all anyone needs to get over the desire to eat Oreos because they're depressed is a good kiss and commanding a boy to take your shirt off and give you a back massage. I suggest it to everyone. This one's called Journal. In my journal, I keep things hidden from people that include profanity, sexual tension, and mean remarks. I keep secrets in there, too. Hmm, makes you think, time to masturbate. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> and here's the last two. All right, here we go. This one's called Vent. Don't you hate it when someone doesn't believe you after you've tried to be sincere? Fuck that. Where's my topless masseuse? Oreos, anyone? And back to the Oreos. Don't you hate it when you finally analyze your thoughts to a breaking point, yet you have no way of solving the problem? I think I'm going to have to buy stock in Nabisco. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was my freshman year of college that I wrote those. It was this thing we did. It was kind of a midnight society thing where we got together and we read poems on the roof of our dorm. So that was really fun. Anyway... With that, I just want to say thank you for listening and, you know, welcome back to the show. I hope you'll reach out to me on Twitter at Dustin underscore Holden or on my Instagram at Dustin Can Read. I will be making a TikTok soon. I'm not sure when, but it's coming. And I'm not sure what I'm doing next time, but stay tuned and I hope you enjoy. Till then, thanks for listening. Bye. Hey, you want to get doomed? 
I'm Tessa. And I'm Nicole. And we have a spanking new podcast for your ear holes called Doom Generation. Listen in as two foul mouth biddies have an always casual, often comedic. What? I think we're funny. And sometimes chaotic conversation about the things that doomed us to be who we are today. Take a trip with us down Nostalgia Lane and we'll try not to veer off the road. Available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Doom Generation Pod and on Twitter at Doom Gen Pod. Later, Later Doomers! Doomers.